You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 22nd. A Lynn Creek man was seriously injured in a crash on Lakota Drive. 48-year-old John Blackburn was driving a four-wheeler up a hill when the vehicle overturned backwards and landed on Blackburn. Blackburn sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A Versailles woman was injured in a crash on Route BB. 61-year-old Cheryl McGinnis Kalkman was driving when the vehicle left the roadway, crossed over Crystal Road, and then struck a tree. McGinnis Kalkman sustained moderate injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake of the Ozark Shoot and has donated a whopping $625,000 to Lake Area Charities, blowing last year's donation out of the water by a difference of nearly $200,000. The 34th Annual Lake of the Ozark Shootout is the largest unsanctioned boat race in the United States, and the money raised by the race goes back to charity. This year, the money was donated to 40 local charities, including police and fire departments. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. It's Thanksgiving at Key Gathering Place, and you're invited. Serving tables, Jacob and Carly Lamb are preparing a turkey and ham and serving a free traditional Thanksgiving dinner from noon to 6 p.m. on Thursday, November 24th. Volunteers are bringing sides and desserts, and you can help by calling Jacob at 573 578 6151 or going to the Serving Table Camdenton on Facebook. Please come regardless. There will be plenty to go around. 1163 South Business Route 5, Camdenton. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thanksgiving Tuesday. Hockey play last night. Blues get another win. They're 10-8-0 on the season. They have won seven in a row. They beat the Ducks for the second straight night. And the Blues will take today off. They will be on the road to play Buffalo tomorrow. NFL week came to an end last night with the Niners beating the Cardinals. It was a busy NFL weekend. The Eagles rallied in the fourth to beat the Colts. They're 9-1, best record in the league right now. Cowboys crushed the Vikings. Minnesota joining Kansas City with an 8-2 record. The Cowboys, Giants, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Tennessee all 7-3. Three games on Thanksgiving, of course. Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, and the Vikings. Of course, Chiefs coming off that big win on the road over the Chargers Sunday night. They're up to a big three-game division lead now. They will be at home to play the Rams on Sunday afternoon. As for college football, those college football playoffs not that far off. The uh, college football playoff rankings, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TCU at number 4. They're all 11-0. Ohio State and Michigan play each other this week. That ought to be a lot of fun. High school basketball is coming up. Lake TV will bring you high school basketball teams, local teams, great games. First game on Lake TV is Thursday, December 15th. For sales, home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, it'll be O. 
Osage at Camdenton, and you can watch that, of course, on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events what are the things behind the scenes here what what led to this professor paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events but we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio or our sunroom or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community www.keygatheringplace.com
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. Here we are in St. 08. Good morning. And uh, Jim, I hope you can hear us now, my friend. We keep that volume down when we run the news and uh, the opening break and the break at the bottom of the hour as well so we don't get the feedback. But I am certainly glad, Jim, that you are listening this morning. Stephanie, David, James, uh, Matthew, Joe, Joe, Daniel Owsley. And uh, let's see, who else do we have here on board with us this morning? Joe, yes. A whole mess of good folks that are uh, tuning in to what we're doing with the SRG Key Radio in studio, live cam. Don't forget, uh, of course, a big thanks to all of you listening on 89.3 keyradio.live. And our phone apps, our free phone apps for Android and iPhone. And we're getting there, man. This cold, I think I've just about got this sucker knocked out. We'll have to wait and see here in the coming days. It, it, I don't know if it's like a tradition. Everybody has a tradition around the holidays. My tradition is, is getting sick. So there you go. Uh, Jenny, don't call me. Brinkman Wall is with us this morning. And we'll talk with her in just a moment about the most recent edition of The Watchdog. Let's get you updated on the weather. 35 in Osage Beach, 39 in Camdenton, and a high today of 61 degrees. That's right, 61 with plenty of sunshine clear and 36 the low tonight. 61 on uh, Wednesday and a partly cloudy sky for Thanksgiving Day. Looks like uh, about a 65% chance that we will get some rain and a high of 52. Morning showers on Friday and a high of 51. Uh, that uh, rain chance for Friday not as great at about 35 to 40 percent. Rain uh, likely it looks like on Saturday at a high of 50, and then mostly cloudy on Sunday, a high of 50 degrees. So there you go. That's how the uh, rest of the week is going to shape up. If you have any traveling to do, I'm sure most of us will be out traveling around to uh, see our friends and loved ones and family members and everybody that. Uh, I guess gets a visit on on Thanksgiving Day or maybe for the weekend. Maybe you're one of those families where you've got, my gosh, eight or ten different celebrations to attend, and so they break them down. Right now the lake level at 657.11, river level at uh, 551.71, and the surface water temp at 54 degrees. You know her, you love her, you can't live without her. Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall with the uh, most recent edition, the November edition of The Watchdog. How are you doing this morning, Jenny? I'm fine. How are you? I am just uh, fine as frogs here. Glad to have the opportunity to uh, speak with you this morning. And as always, thank you for being a willing participant and coming in and joining us on the program. Always glad to have you with us. And uh, This morning we're going to uh, touch on uh, the most recent edition uh, of course, on the cover, you'll see uh, a little something uh, about the Hancock Amendment. Let's talk about uh, that and the reason why uh, you put that in this edition of The Watchdog. Yes, my my co-author of The Watchdog wrote the article about the Hancock Amendment. Uh, it, it, it came up in, in conversation. And when, your co-author, by the way? I don't know. that. Well, Pam writes with me, but I don't know that uh, she's, you know, outed as a watchdogger. Okay. So. All right. We'll let her let we'll let her decide if she wants to talk about that or not. But uh, good friend of mine, we uh, we uh, did away with any editorial committees and groups and and outside influences and just brought our good conservative. 
practical sense application to the watchdog right nowadays. It's just the two of us. Uh, but yeah, this uh, when we when they when the legislature passed the gas tax, there was a lot of talk about the Hancock Amendment. Uh, but we realized no one really dug into what it was and how it worked, and I certainly didn't know. So uh, she took it upon herself to to do the research and, and figure this all out, and this is an excellent article that gives insight in, into how our General Assembly really works and, and how they uh, manipulate to get legislation passed. The Hancock Amendment article particularly talks about how they, they look at bills and then calculate this cap. There's a cap uh, based on personal income. It says applying this total state revenue to the personal income of Missourians. So this cap of how much our legislature can tax us is $111.8 million a year now. So they go through the list of legislation apparently and they go, oh, this one puts us over, but this one's going to take some taxes out. And they play this whole game about keeping it under under this limit, not to protect us from overspending on taxes, but to be able to pass legislation that doesn't come to a vote in front of the people. If you remember the original gas tax tax discussion, there were uh, three times it came on the ballot and three times Missourians turned it down. Right. So then the legislature gets their little game going and figures out how to pass it anyway. And then we reelect the people that voted for it, which is astonishing to me. You know, we had Senator Justin Brown. Now we have Mike Burnscutter, uh, kind of um, similar voting records, not good ones. Um, but we reelected Mike Burnscutter, um, who campaigns as a conservative. I, I told him at a, at a, a, a meeting once that uh, I was going to have to change the word and stop calling true conservatives conservatives. Because the moderate Republicans have assimilated the word conservative uh, to describe themselves, mm-hmm. which I don't know why everybody just can't be honest and say, hey, I'm a moderate, you know. Is it safe to say a wolf in sheep's clothing? Yeah, I think I think so. A Democrat in sheep's clothing, nothing against Democrats, as long as they're pure with their presentation of their agenda and what they think is good for the country. I, I, I respect other parties. But... Um, it's the lying about what you support and what you believe to get a constituency to elect you. But to me, the responsibility belongs to the constituency who doesn't follow up and watch what's going on with the people they elect right. and make corrections when, it ne- when it's necessary. We had a lovely opportunity this past election to uh, correct um, a... a uh, I won't say a wrong because I don't think Mike Burns Cutter is a bad person at all, but he is a, a an arrogant kind of legislator that believes he knows what's best for us instead of interacting with his constituency to represent people, yeah. what we think right. is best for us. And that is true, I think, of most elected office holders. I think we see a lot of that because initially – you have people that go out there and they campaign, and then once they get to, as I like to call it sometimes, the land of milk and honey, they realize what is available to them, and they kind of turn the tables 
from being representatives of the people to how they feel they should act in the best interest of the people. And that is not why we elect them. We elect them to represent us. And when we have an issue, uh, when we have a thought, when we have something on our minds, we expect them to represent our thoughts, our ideas, our principles, our morals. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, uh, if, if it's becoming more of let's everybody kind of gravitate to the center as opposed to let's stick to our principles and why we campaign as a Republican, why we campaign as a Democrat, why we say we're a conservative, why we say we're a liberal, <clears throat> why we say we're a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And, and, and stick to your guns because I think in a, a large part of what we see in this day and age, it's more about doing what's popular as opposed to doing what's right. And it's not even popular if you count all the people that are apathetic. Right. Right. So, uh, for example, I mean, basically, uh, Democrats tend to be for bigger government and Republicans tend to be for smaller government. Okay, that's that's not evil on either side. Now, um, I uh, I am a person who personally supports a closed border, for example. Mm -hmm. So easy decision for me. But but I have talked to politicians who weren't running here in Missouri and. And have been enlightened. It doesn't matter what party you are, you are pro-gun. You can't get elected in Missouri if you are not pro-gun. And they lie about how they really feel. Well, that's not shocking in this day and age, right? But I was stunned at how this person's personal agenda, and this was this was years ago uh, in Jackson County, Missouri, and this, this man happened to be a Democrat, but I think it's on, on both sides of the aisle. It was shocking at how much his personal beliefs differed from his campaign rhetoric. And it, it has to do with basic truth, basic morals, the, you know, don't lie. Hello, just don't lie. Right. Be, be who you are. But, but I can see, too, that once you're there, it's kind of tricky. You know, how, what is the process for communicating with your constituents? Um, I think town halls are wonderful, valuable things, but nobody has them. Nobody, nobody goes out into their constituents. They do when it's time for an election. People, unless it's time. Or a re-election. Election. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that, you know, um, you would think that, the way that they do things and and when people campaign if they're running this is their first opportunity they seem to be a little bit more aggressive they seem to be a little bit more uh, grassroots down to earth the way that they present themselves i'm going to go to such and such a place and i'm going to change the world i'm going to make a difference well when you get there you automatically find out that that's not how it works, that you have to, it's almost like you're, and let me use this as a, uh, as an example, you're going through Camdenton, right? You're headed West. And so you approach the square, right? And let's say you're on East 54 and you're crossing over business route five to West 54. And if you notice, you have to merge so all of the young guns, all of the new blood is over here, and they realize, oh, in order for me to continue going forward, I have to merge. Oh, that's 
That's great. And so I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. Oh, no, that's really good. But I, I think that, you know, in, to kind of put it into terms that people can understand, there is a need to merge. There is a need to... Uh, There's a perceived need. Well, there is. Yeah. Um, and, and some people will do this. Other people will stick to their guns. See, I like those apple cart flipper overers right i you know uh uh, some people don't like him but i am a josh hawley fan and the fact that that right up until the moment that the republican leadership elected mitch mcconnell to run the senate again he said we need new leadership you know hawley said we need we need somebody different so even though he knows it's going to not go well for him for right. taking that position. He stuck with it, and and I respect that, you know. And uh, does he still seem to be the guy that uh, uh, was, you know, in Missouri and running for Senate, that U.S. Senate, that was 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 that you know that that young blood that kind I of hope a, he is. Yeah. I wish he'd come home yeah. and talk to us some. I do too. You know, I I've been I, trying for years to get I him know, on the program. I know he and and you can tell his. Uh, uh, fundraising changed. He's he's in the hands of the WinRed people. He's in the hands of the of the big money gatherers now, and and that's okay because that's what you have to do to fight, right? So I hope he's finding a way to take advantage of the 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 parts of the Republican political scene that benefit him but if you think about that's kind of how he got elected you know he didn't make a big deal of being a radical being a a matt gates or uh, marjorie taylor green or or, he campaigned as a fairly quiet conservative you know he went to fundraisers with the bushes and and all that mess and did what he had to do to get in there and only after he was elected did we really see his fight inside he was he was he was kind of around that whole Eric Greitens period. Yeah, you know he was and, the attorney general. And yes, it was getting ready to indict him for the campaign violations. Right. And and I I respect that he just came out honestly and said this really happened, and I have a responsibility, you know, to go after it. Now uh, let's and and let's look at this because you had another man who's been elected to the U.S. Senate here recently, and he also was the Attorney General of the mm-hmm. state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. When we compare the two, was one a little bit more grounded than the other one? Because, uh, and, and, and I'm not going to say anything against Eric Schmidt, but I will say he certainly turned up the volume and turned up the heat once he decided he was going to run for U.S. Senate. And, and some people even said that, that he didn't really seem like he got involved with a variety of different issues until he knew that he was, you know, going to jump from or or going to try to jump from being attorney general in Missouri to U.S. senator in Washington, D.C. Well, all I can all I can say is that my opinion is formed from my own observations, right? Right. I have met Eric Schmidt a couple times. I have never met Josh Hawley. Um, my perception is that that Senator Schmidt is very handled. Now, what I don't know is if his personal agenda for what he wants to accomplish mm-hmm. is handled or just his his uh, publicity 
is handled. Um, if you remember, we we didn't have a very satisfying visit with him when he was here the first time. I didn't go see him the the second time, but the first time, remember, we had a set of vetting questions, mm-hmm. and, and he gave a stump speech. Now, is he super, super smart, and he's deeply thinking about all these important things to help our country that he can't focus on that kind of thing, so they manufacture it around him because he's he's deeper and, and working hard on the other things, and he just has that, that glitch, if you will, mm-hmm. or... Does he not care about any of it, and he's just being handled to become someone to become elected? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. We'll find out pretty quickly when he's sitting next to Senator Hawley. I hope they can get along and come together on some agendas. You know, there's a lot of things. There was a lot of good things you saw in the paper that Eric Schmidt was trying to do. There was also a lot of Missouri tax dollars spent that other states didn't spend on on those kinds of things mm-hmm. so was it was it somewhat manufactured to give him visibility oh yes i think so did it do some good in the in the wider world um i think i think it did i'm not completely sure about that um but i was you know i i was a mccloskey supporter and i i still think he's a uh a good a good um avenue towards change in our government and and i know that uh mark and and patty continue to work in the in the america first agenda and uh well they've really kind of dropped off the radar since the uh the senate race has been been decided yeah. they were over at the encore the other night yes we were all over there yes which i saw them nice to visit with them and they're very tired right they would be so they're i think they're entitled to a little rest I advised them to go someplace exotic and quiet. I think they went to their farm. <laughs> could be exotic. Could so, be uh, could be quiet. Uh, uh, yeah, they I, could be down there uh, taking target practice yeah. as we speak. Yeah, I, I think I think they're entitled to some. I think everybody that ran a campaign can can uh, enjoy this time before they actually like like I because they're going to have to go to really go to work in January. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I think everybody. I think he's already gone heads. to work. I yeah. You know, I, he is. I, I, he's I, all I mean, in it. you know, he is obviously a regular on this program. We talk to him every Wednesday morning, and before we crack the mics, uh, you know, it's always interesting to kind of get his take on what he's doing and what he's involved with, and being a businessman, and having to run a business, and at the same time trying to get himself up to speed and educating himself on the process of county government. I think he's doing a a fantastic job, and it'll be interesting once he gets into office, once he is sworn in, just exactly, you know, he's going to have to really learn how to delegate, especially his time, because uh, I know Ike doesn't, you know, want to turn anybody down, but I think there's going to be those opportunities when he has to, in order to you know run a business, but then that's what he's trying to do as a business person is to get somebody to kind of focus on doing that for him. He'll still be obviously very involved in this business, but I think at the same time uh, he is trying to become very involved in county government yeah. because he knows. I mean, I, we, we've seen what has gone on in the past. Is going on. Right? Well, and, and nice and, segue. And, and and that's that's the thing. It's eight twenty-seven. We're going to have to take a. Uh, a break at the bottom of the hour, but a good majority of uh, this month's watchdog is uh, is about the uh, the renovation uh, 
that is going on with the uh, uh, Camden County Courthouse. And, uh, of course, you've got everybody all spread out now. Uh, they have to be in order to let the uh, the company go in and do what they need to do. But uh, like anything else, there is concern on money being spent, how it is being spent, what is being done, is it necessary, uh, good gravy. There is just all kinds of things that, uh, that, that, that you have to, again, keep in mind. And, and, and don't think that the current group of commissioners aren't, you know, trying to watch this as best they can. But uh, you've kind of broken it down. Well, one here. of them is. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think it says a lot on the on the second paragraph of the first page. Is it January yet? <laughs> Talking about the the lack of uh, tracking on this project. Well, referring to Mister a huge overreaction to the productive conversation that was progressing in that commission meeting that I was almost thrown out of. And I said, is it January yet? Because then I think we'll see some sanity and some openness. And uh, I, um, James, James Gohagen has been responsive and I think sees some uh, need for uh, better tracking. I don't know necessarily that that Verigi group is doing a bad job. But we don't know because we don't have status tracking that stakeholders, a.k.a. taxpayers, can really identify with. They can really understand. And that's kind of been my agenda to push for that. Right. And how how do you think they would be able to do that? Uh, would they have like a, a website where people could go? And... Well, it's, it's not about how they disseminate it, KB. It's that they don't produce it. Right. They, uh, as it explains in the article, they don't pay based on the scope of work or invoice based on the scope of work that's in the contract. They have a contract that that uh, was signed, um, and and there's a very specific scope of work in there, line by line, location by location across the complex. So why don't we produce a status report? that tracks against that scope of work in the contract. Makes sense to me. Let's uh, take our bottom of the hour break with a uh, visit with our friends from LakeExpo.com. Stacy Johnson has local news. Chris Schneider with Lake TV and a check of sports. We'll come back and we will focus on the renovation process and the progress. And we'll talk more with Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall. And uh, the November edition of The Watchdog, available right here at the uh, world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. We'll let people know how you can get on uh, uh, the mailing list, get online and check it out, and some of the various locations where it is available. You are listening to The Daily Show. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 22nd. A Lynn Creek man was seriously injured in a crash on Lakota Drive. 48-year-old John Blackburn was driving a four-wheeler up a hill when the vehicle overturned backwards and landed on Blackburn. Blackburn sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A Versailles woman was injured in a crash on Route BB. 61-year-old Cheryl McGinnis Kaufman was driving when the vehicle left the roadway, crossed over Crystal Road, and then struck a tree. McGinnis Kaufman sustained moderate injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital.
The Lake of the Ozark Shoot and has donated a whopping $625,000 to Lake Area Charities, blowing last year's donation out of the water by a difference of nearly $200,000. The 34th Annual Lake of the Ozark Shootout is the largest unsanctioned boat race in the United States, and the money raised by the race goes back to charity. This year, the money was donated to 40 local charities, including police and fire departments. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. It's Thanksgiving at Key Gathering Place, and you're invited. Serving tables, Jacob and Carly Lamb are preparing a turkey and ham and serving a free traditional Thanksgiving dinner from noon to 6 p.m. on Thursday, November 24th. Volunteers are bringing sides and desserts, and you can help by calling Jacob at 573 578 6151 or going to the serving table Camdenton on Facebook. Please come regardless. There will be plenty to go around. 1163 South Business Route 5, Camdenton. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thanksgiving Tuesday. Hockey play last night. Blues get another win. They're 10-8-0 on the season. They have won seven in a row. They beat the Ducks for the second straight night. And the Blues will take today off. They will be on the road to play Buffalo tomorrow. NFL week came to an end last night with the Niners beating the Cardinals. It was a busy NFL weekend. The Eagles rallied in the fourth to beat the Colts. They're 9-1, best record in the league right now. Cowboys crush the Vikings. Minnesota joining Kansas City with an 8-2 record. The Cowboys, Giants, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Tennessee all 7-3. Three games on Thanksgiving, of course. Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, and the Vikings. Of course, Chiefs coming off that big win on the road over the Chargers Sunday night. They're up to a big three-game division lead now. They will be at home to play the Rams on Sunday afternoon. As for college football, those college football playoffs not that far off. The uh, college football playoff rankings, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TCU at number 4. They're all 11-0. Ohio State and Michigan play each other this week. That ought to be a lot of fun. High school basketball is coming up. Lake TV will bring you high school basketball teams, local teams, great games. First game on Lake TV is Thursday, December 15th for sales home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, it'll be Osage at Camdenton. And you can watch that, of course, on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not. 
not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Consider then becoming a true follower. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you heartwarming stories and good news to help you through your day, regardless of how bizarre those days are. Here's today's story. There are children out there that are homeless that have life-threatening medical conditions. It's hard to fathom, but sadly, it exists. And now, believed to be the first homeless shelter built inside a corporate building in the U.S., the nonprofit's Popsicle Place Shelter Program helps homeless children with life-threatening health conditions. Where is it? Inside Amazon's Seattle campus. Connie Wade was dealing with situations that resulted in her being homeless, and she realized she needed critical care for her daughter. She and her 12-year-old daughter, Emily Ann, couldn't camp in a car or on the streets because they needed to plug in a machine that helps Emily Ann breathe easier. She has Down syndrome, and her breathing is interrupted every six minutes without a CPAP device. An open-space homeless shelter promised them a spot by an electrical outlet, but Connie knew they'd be vulnerable. Then they got an offer from Mary's Place, a family homeless shelter inside a gleaming new building on Amazon Seattle campus. The nonprofit's Popsicle Place Shelter Program helps homeless children with life-threatening health conditions. Without Popsicle Place, these kids would die, said Marty Hartman, executive director of Mary's Place. Amazon's state-of-the-art, eight-story building allowed the unique program to triple its capacity. The $100 million commitment to the shelter is the tech giant's single largest philanthropic contribution to its hometown. John Schottler, Amazon's real estate chief who spearheaded the partnership with Mary's Place, said the company isn't totally opposed to taxes and called its new shelter an initial step. Amazon asked the nonprofit to help design the building because it has the space permanently. Every inch was designed for the families they're going to serve. 175 square foot rooms with bunk beds, cafeteria, outdoor patio, kids' playroom, and a laundry room. Two floors are reserved for families dealing with debilitating health issues, many of them with compromised immune systems from chronic illnesses or chemotherapy. Though bathrooms are shared, families have private sinks for medical needs. Connie is grateful for the Amazon facility, saying it feels almost like a luxurious hotel instead of a homeless shelter. Her daughter loves the many kid-friendly, fort-like spaces built into the walls of the shelter. She won't remember being homeless, Connie said, her voice cracking, but I know she'll remember this place. That is a happy headline. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. This is your chance to get involved in community radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, The Key. Right back here at 838, thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful day at the lake, 61, the expected high today. After all of that nastiness last week, it is nice to be able to get out and not be looked at funny for wearing shorts and a short sleeve shirt. 36, the low for tonight. Plenty of sunshine today, a clear sky tonight. Partly cloudy and 61 tomorrow. Rain on Thanksgiving Day, about a 65% chance, so I guess it's a good chance nonetheless. 52, the high on Thanksgiving Day, Friday for all you folks that are planning on going out and standing in line, I don't know if people do that anymore or not, or just order everything online. 51 with some morning showers. Rain on Saturday, a high of 50. 
50, mostly cloudy and 50 on Sunday. Uh, maybe another excuse to not have to get out and deal with the leaves. I'll just push it, kick the can down the road, if you will. 39 now in Osage Beach, 40 degrees in Camdenton. And we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Thanks to everyone for tuning in this morning. Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall, is on the program. And uh, we're talking about the most recent edition of The Watchdog. Let's run down some of the places where you can pick that up, uh, Jenny, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. We uh, went back to the we, – we're setting up a paper route, right? So we go back to the same places, and a lot of people have picked them up. Thank you all very much. Um, so let me just tell you, um, the Office Neighborhood Pub over at Bittersweet and Horseshoe Bend has a stack. You can pick them up at the Rusty Rooster uh, in Lake Ozark. Fitz Tackle and Supplies – Stokes Dock Company that's uh, in the shopping center that I don't know the name of, sorry, that's by the, the, the college across from Hy-Vee. What's that? Stone, is it Stonecrest? Yeah, Stonecrest Mall. Stonecrest Mall. They're in Stonecrest Mall. They've got a stack. Shell's Pasta over between Target and Petco, which is wonderful uh, food in there. Shell's Pasta. Sunset Tire and Service, which is across from Lowe's on 42, has a big stack. Uh, the Cozy Cafe right up here around the corner on KK. There's a stack in there. Uh, Skelton Key and Lock, of course. Bryant Auction, uh, of course, are uh, two uh, big supporters, and there's and there's watchdogs at each of those locations. You can stop by Beckett Motors, going through downtown in Camdenton. Smoke and Jones Barbecue, they got a big stack there. That's that's a, a popular pickup place there in Camdenton. Uh, there's a few up at Stokey's Liquor Store in Greenview. Saw uh, that y- picture you sent me. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I sent KB a picture of the humidor, uh, and uh, yeah, it's cool and uh, j7 market as you're heading out east i go home east a long way down seven highway right so so j7 market there shoemake auto repair in climax springs which is a wonderful place to get your car fixed uh the come on in cafe is in climax springs too and those are the locations if your business uh would be interested in having a stack of watchdogs sitting there uh our printing is restricted only by the amount of donations that we receive to print them um, but we try to get these these uh, small and or large stacks out there so people can pick them up. They love the paper copy. I love the paper copy. I do too. Um, I also have a list at the bottom of the second page of this month's watchdog is the email that is contact at watchdogreport.com and even my phone number to call and get on the email list. Um, if you would uh, spare a few bucks to donate, we'll make sure that you get personal printed copies. I mean, we get three for a dollar, so ten bucks buys thirty copies. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, it doesn't take a big donation to make a to uh, make a difference here in the county. Um, so let me spell that email for you. It's c o n t a c t at w a t c h d a w g r e p o r t dot com. Very good. And uh, let me know. Good morning to uh, Lonnie listening down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Daniel says, I got my watchdog at Firefly Valley Farms. Jim uh, says, I've picked up two issues of the watchdog already. It's been very informative. Thank you. 
Uh, Bobby Lee, good morning to you, sir, and uh, Gail, as well as a number of other folks. Lori uh, checking in with us, Sean, Kendra, Larry, uh, Professor Paisley, and Ralph listening this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Professor Paisley will be on the program tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour, as a matter of fact. Uh, but uh, don't forget, you can grab them here at SRG Financial Advisors, and uh, Jenny would be happy to make sure you get your copy however we need to do it. And uh, if you need me to, I will. Uh, Steve Dusk, good morning from Cape Coral. Good morning, Steve. Good to have you with us. Uh, you know, I can get on my bike and, you know, do like the old days of the paper route. And... I know. It, we just are so looking forward to more people enjoying these and getting involved in county government and knowing more about, you know, the legislature in Jefferson City will be in session here in January. And we're going to ramp up and be sure we have news about them, too. You and Dave Boppin should get together. It would be a, like a nice one-two punch. Dave Moppin and I are, are, are friends and interested in many of the same things. He's so smart guy. Yes, and thank you, Dan, for mentioning Firefly Valley Farms. We went to the uh, open eat, house the, the other day and, and, and left them some copies. I've known Dax and, and Stephanie a while, and they are amazing people. Got a nice little uh, they, education and tour of how they uh, roast the coffee and the different uh, coffee beans and why they do oh, what they do it, them. Oh, it's really amazing yeah, what, yeah. what they have in there. And I have to be a decaf drinker. I just have to be right. because I'm on a natural like this, right? <laughs> so they actually have, it's the first time I had decaf coffee that was actually delicious. Right. And I really enjoy them. So thanks, Dan, for that reminder. They hadn't made it to my official list, but they're on there now. Let's talk more about uh, the, uh, the renovation project that is going on. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it off the air. And, uh, folks, if you want to chime in on it, feel free. 573-633-5395 is the Key Radio Community Hotline number. Uh, Kane says good morning from Miller County. Uh, Kathy, good morning from Galveston. Great, uh, great to have you uh, listening from Galveston, Texas, I believe is. Hello, Galveston. Yeah. I've been there. So, I went uh, fishing there. Yeah, so uh, what do we want to touch on now as far as... Well, I, I, I'd just like to talk about this, this renovation project article. Um, I, hope, I hope many, many people will read it um, to understand. I mean, every project has stakeholders. And we, the taxpayers, are the stakeholders on this project. Mm -hmm. And we need to know what's going on with it. Um, uh, there's some, there's a, a bit of a view of, of some unethical behavior prior to the bid going out. Uh, I, what I have to say about that is in the watchdog, those are the facts. Um, if it needs to go any further than that, I'll leave that to the new prosecuting attorney in January to look into and, and, uh, the new presiding commissioner to pay attention to when they get in there. My interest is getting this project on track and figuring out the best way to to move forward uh i sent uh an email well several actually to uh don williams and and james gohagen uh uh don is my personal representative i'm in his district he said i'll get back with you tomorrow and i never i never did uh, hear any specifics back from him i'm happy to say that commissioner gohagen has been watching this for a while and and ha is well engaged um to try to 
see what's really going on and and figure out a better path forward. Um, the the big glaring view right now is that this entire project was supposed to be finished in December, and people move back into their offices, mm-hmm. right? And according, I looked at invoices that were through September, so I haven't seen the invoice that that was the completion of the October work. And at that point, they were 28% complete. So they're not going to finish in December, so breach of contract comes in December. Um, I hope the county will get a hold of people within their own processes and get a better review of change orders and pay attention. Now, to be fair... Uh, there are shortages on some materials and also uh, some things that uh, obviously, you know, you, you you run into delays for certain reasons. Uh, when you initially bid a project, maybe you didn't see something and then uh, you see it. So, uh, you know. It, yes, the unknowns. Right? The, the unknowns. Let me, but, let me but, speak but to 20, the But 28% versus 72%, uh, that's you know, I would say maybe you're 50, well, 60, 70 sure, percent complete. Yeah. Whether there's good reason or not, there's no good reason to not report accurate status. Right. There may be very good reason for the delays, but we, the stakeholders, the taxpayers, deserve to know what what's going on, sure. you know, how, how it worked out. Uh, one of the things that I did hear the Verigi, um project manager say in that commissioner meeting was that they were having trouble finding subcontractors to do the outdoor work the concrete, you know, whatnot. Well, now that, you know, maybe that needs to wait till spring. I don't know. Um, but it's about honesty of status reporting. On the on the back page of the watchdog, on, on page four, I uh, try to explain to people best I could how Verigi Group is billing and what our project coordinator is approving on versus the scope of work that's described in the contract. Now, anyone that's worked in contracting and construction knows that that contract is your Bible. You memorize it. You have it in your hand all the time. And it's it's a mystery to me how we could be approving, and we being whoever it is that has this approval, I can't find a process for approving change orders or, you know, criteria in the contract mm-hmm. or in any process in the county of who signs off on how much money. So I'm going to continue to work on that. And with James's help, I think we can, we, I hope our December watchdog has an article about positive things that are being done to help the taxpayers know what's going on mm-hmm. and, and bring bring better control to the project. But, you know, we're invoicing on these on these nine categories, which probably makes sense to Verigi Group because that's probably how they've sublet it, right? That's how their subcontractors are working. Right. But it doesn't help you when you're looking at the at the project on the ground to know which pieces are done. And when people can move back into their offices. Has there been any attempt made to reach out to the contractor, the general contractor, and say, listen, you know, do yourself a favor and uh, let's get some information out there to the taxpayers so they can understand and yeah. realize what's going on? Yeah, I went to a commission meeting where Verigi Group was their project manager, Jason Tricky, was delivering his status to the commission. Right. I raised my hand and I was recognized, grudgingly, and... Uh, <laughs> I asked them, I asked this project manager, I mean, you know, he's my people, we speak the same language, and I said, I said, look, we can't track by site based on 
the progress reports that are feeding your invoice. Can you sit down with the tracking of your categories and translate that into a status report that goes site by site by site across the, the complex? And he said, well, I don't, and, and he thought for a minute, he goes, yeah, it'd take me a minute. He said, but yeah, I can do that. And he was nodding. I mean, he could see what I was doing. And his, his, his uh, uh, co-worker there kind of leaned his chair back and turned his head and looked at me. And I just kind of told him, and I think Dave captured this because he was sitting right behind him, but I kind of told him qu quietly, I said, I'm a PMP. I want an, an earned value analysis, an EVA, which is basically an analysis of how much money have we spent versus how much work is done to make sure you don't get too far upside down in the contract. Right. But mostly it was just about an understandable status report. And he said, yeah, I can, I can do that. I said, that would be huge. At that moment, the county's project coordinator, Brian Willey, who, who was brought in to work with Veragee and, and I think is trying hard, but for whatever reason, he spoke up and said, no, Jason, to the Veragee guy, you can't do that because there's so many unknowns. We can't provide that, which astounded me because I had had two meetings with Brian talking about this kind of transparency and he was at that point all on board with what I was asking for although he didn't make it happen he agreed with me that that was the kind of tracking against the contract that we needed but now all of a sudden it couldn't happen because of quote unknowns so I pointed out that the contract was for a lump sum amount of money attached to a, a scope of work that was articulated quite clearly in the in the contract so we would be basically tracking against the contract and anything that was quote unknown is a change order right for either less or more depending on whether you're subtracting work or adding work and when I pointed that out that we had a scope and a lump sum uh, Commissioner Greg Hasty became very angry and was shouting and said that's not how you do this. I'm tired of this bull crap, mm -hmm. and you're going to be out of here if you don't stop it. I was asking for a status report. <laughs> you're going to be out of here if you don't stop really? it. And oh yeah, it was it was um, it was uh, interesting. And I just said I really don't see why this is something to get angry about. We're just talking about a status report here, but so yeah, his reaction was uh, unnerving to say the least. Mm. I know lifetime goal right to be hauled out of a commissioner meeting but i didn't quite make it because <laughs> i stopped and uh you know the other two commissioners just uh let greg treat citizens like that and nobody said anything don williams said well it's a shame that we can't you know da 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 da, da. and i said i'm sorry but i was ordered to not talk about this anymore so i don't think you should either huh. And, uh, yeah, it's just like Greg's large and in charge, and he can yell and do whatever he wants. Nobody else says anything, whether they uh, knew enough to agree or disagree with my position. I do think that someone, I, like I said in the watchdog, January can't get here quick enough. Let's have some civility and, and treat people with, with valid concerns. I would almost think that when you have a project like this, it would be necessary to supply the citizens with some sort of an explanation as to what's going on. And the 
completion rate. Uh, you know, if you're having issues, you're having problems, well, then yes. it's important to bring that up. Yes. So people I'll, understand and realize why things are going the way that they're going. Yeah. Uh, well, and then you don't have surprises like this at the end. You know, rumors now are it could be March, it could be April, but there's no commissioner coming to his constituents saying, we have some delays, here's what they are, here's why they are, and here's how it's going to go. This is for point seven million dollars it's over seven million dollars by the time we pay the bond that that uh, commissioners uh, williams and hasty approved i'm happy to say commissioner gohagen voted against the bond but this is over seven million dollars of our taxpayer money while the roads still need work we need a dang status and and they needed to get the asbestos out of there the people that work in that courthouse deserve to have better lighting and and better hvac and and it and it to be modernized but we we don't need new carpet anywhere that i know of and new you know they had to open up some doorways to be i think the the original scope of work is is somewhat valid right. i would probably revise it down to save taxpayer money uh but for all we know it's well spent and Verigi's doing a great job but nobody can present it in a way that tells us that so we're naturally going to assume the other and with the especially with the questionable bid process um it's just a very strange deal that i hope um i i have no hope of of anything from greg hasty except arrogance and anger but i do hope that commissioners gohagen i think is taking the lead and i hope uh commissioner williams will get on board with him and let's get this figured out and get it working right daniel says if this project isn't done by the first of the year i think a public meeting would go a long way with public relations with county residents i emailed the commission about this we really just want to be informed transparency equals public trust now i will also say that the building that they're working in for the most part is very old and i will also say that i think that uh here we are um in a situation yet again where and 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 i will use another comparison when modot redid the top of bagnell dam they ran into some issues and problems that they hadn't anticipated and expected and I'm not making excuses, but I'm saying, you know, if this is the problem, if this is the issue based on the age of that building and you're having to uh, do things a little differently than you originally anticipated, then simply bring that up. Bring it out. Yeah. There's no change orders that identify anything, any variance from the scope. They've added some scope. There's like three change orders. But there's absolutely zero change orders that say, well, we ran into this, so we had to add this. And I'm sure what Mr. Willie is doing, I hope what he's doing, is is negotiating with Verigi every month on their invoice to make sure that everything they're, they're running into is in scope. Right. I mean, they knew the age of the building when they bid it. And believe me, they've got a healthy amount of money in this contract healthy. Jar says, ask Verigi for a job cost status report. Yes, that's the same thing as an earned value analysis. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, JR. I don't know where to bring him a watchdog, by the way. Uh, you could leave it anywhere and he will seek it out. <laughs> he will find it. He's great. He was great on the other day. I really enjoyed that show. That He's. Awesome. Uh, we're going to try and get him on once oh, in a while when he's awesome. free. James yeah. says, uh, we need some uh, watchdogs in Eldon. Well, Come to Climax Springs and get you some and take them to Elder. I'd be, I'd be happy to distribute. I just don't know where to go 
over there if there's a business or a person that would like to you know pick up 20 or 30 uh-huh. and distribute them we're happy to do that but like well, I it's said, not gonna be james because i think james is, is going under the knife for knee surgery so it's going to oh, be a while God. for him as far as getting out and uh, i, I would love does. to have distribution everywhere i well, just I, I live on the opposite end of the county so I don't know where to where to go over there. The gauntlet has been thrown down, and Eldon, uh, we had somebody check in from Miller County, Kane checking in from uh, Miller County. And so, Kane, if you're available, uh, maybe we can put you in touch with Jenny. Well, yeah, uh, Eldon's Jenny, in Miller County. And uh, you two can, uh, you know, meet up someplace, get some watchdogs, distribute them in Eldon so that uh, we have them yeah. covering the lake of the Ozarks. What we need is an, is an, is a... Uh, an author, a contributor from Eldon, who's keeping track of things in in uh, Eldon. There could be a Miller County version. Miller County, you know, dog. for a third class county, they just keep it nice and and simple. Yeah. They always have, and uh, there really doesn't seem to be a whole lot of uh, hubbub. I would love to see people who are sitting in on on city council meetings yeah. or school board meetings write up a paragraph and 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 put it in here. I mean, we're always looking for content, but I can't physically attend every school board meeting or every city council meeting. Sure. Sure. Um and I I would love to have contributors that would that would uh, well, submit Jenny, stuff, you know, it'd be great. Before we wrap up here and let you go, how can they get a hold of you? It the email right. is that second page on the bottom of of the watchdog report. It's contact uh-huh. at watchdogreport.com. That comes directly to me. And my phone number's right there. 660-238-6514. That's right. 660-238-6514. Well, as always, we thank you for your vigilance. We thank you for your observations. We thank you for putting it down in a uh, uh, a form which we can uh, all ingest and, uh, you know, make some conclusions and some thoughts. I like Daniel's idea of a public meeting which I think would go a long way with county residents. But uh, we appreciate you taking some time, and uh, we'll see you in December. Hopefully we'll see you in December. I'll be here in December. Thank very you good. very much. Jenny, don't call me Brinkman Wall. The uh, the head of the Watchdog, the November edition, is out. Um, before you leave, I think we're going to make a copy of where you can get them so I can keep that handy Oh, that'd be and great. let folks know. I know you can get them here at SRG Financial Advisors. 1055 Ozark Care Drive in Osage Beach, Missouri, the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Rhonda Wilkening is going to join me at 910. City Administrator of the City of Lake Ozark, Harrison Fry, will join me at 940. And you keep it right here. We've got more coming up. It's The Daily Show on Key Radio. You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 22nd. A Lynn Creek man was seriously injured in a crash on Lakota Drive. 48-year-old John Blackburn was driving a four-wheeler up a hill when the vehicle overturned backwards and landed on Blackburn. Blackburn sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A Versailles woman was injured in a crash on Route BB. 61-year-old Cheryl McGinnis Kalkman was driving when the vehicle left the roadway, crossed over Crystal Road, and then struck a tree. McGinnis Kalkman sustained moderate injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital.
The Lake of the Ozark Shoot at has donated a whopping $625,000 to Lake Area Charities, blowing last year's donation out of the water by a difference of nearly $200,000. The 34th annual Lake of the Ozark Shootout is the largest unsanctioned boat race in the United States, and the money raised by the race goes back to charity. This year, the money was donated to 40 local charities, including police and fire departments. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. It's Thanksgiving at Key Gathering Place, and you're invited. Serving tables, Jacob and Carly Lamb are preparing a turkey and ham and serving a free traditional Thanksgiving dinner from noon to 6 p.m. on Thursday, November 24th. Volunteers are bringing sides and desserts, and you can help by calling Jacob at 573 578 6151 or going to the Serving Table Camdenton on Facebook. Please come regardless. There will be plenty to go around. 1163 South Business Route 5, Camdenton. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thanksgiving Tuesday. Hockey play last night. Blues get another win. They're 10-8-0 on the season. They have won seven in a row. They beat the Ducks for the second straight night. And the Blues will take today off. They will be on the road to play Buffalo tomorrow. NFL week came to an end last night with the Niners beating the Cardinals. It was a busy NFL weekend. The Eagles rallied in the fourth to beat the Colts. They're 9-1, best record in the league right now. Cowboys crush the Vikings. Minnesota joining Kansas City with an 8-2 record. The Cowboys, Giants, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Tennessee all 7-3. Three games on Thanksgiving, of course. Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, and the Vikings. Of course, Chiefs coming off that big win on the road over the Chargers Sunday night. They're up to a big three-game division lead now. They will be at home to play the Rams on Sunday afternoon. As for college football, those college football playoffs not that far off. The uh, college football playoff rankings, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TCU at number 4. They're all 11-0. Ohio State and Michigan play each other this week. That ought to be a lot of fun. High school basketball is coming up. Lake TV will bring you high school basketball teams, local teams, great games. First game on Lake TV is Thursday, December 15th. For sales, home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, it'll be Osage at Camdenton. And you can watch that, of course, on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it 
on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. Key Gathering Place is a special kind of community center. The serving table makes community meals twice every week. Birthday parties, wedding receptions, or simple gatherings of friends. We have space for meetings and events too big for your living room. Whether you need the patio, or our sunroom, or our main hall seating 60 with tables, we've got you covered. Our rates are flexible and less than you might think. We make space for your idea to serve the community www.keygatheringplace.com thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. Well, it is 9.09, and we are certainly glad to have you with us this morning here on Key Radio. And, uh, of course, it is The Daily Show, where you can tune in a variety of ways. My goodness, we reach out to the masses with The Daily Show, and we're so glad that you're listening on 89.3. Maybe it's keyradio.live, the free apps for your iPhone and your Android, or maybe you're checking us out on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam. And if you are, well, goodness gracious, we are so glad that you're checking us out. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, and uh, by the way, share the live video feed if you get the opportunity. I wanted to say that today, folks, uh, there's, you know, uh, there's always a reason to celebrate. 
every day, and I, I, I've got this uh, nationaltoday.com uh, website that I utilize. Uh, today is uh, the Humane Society Anniversary Day, Go for a Ride Day, uh, National uh, Amelia Day, Love Your Freckles Day, uh, let's see, uh, National Cranberry Relish Day. Today is National Nathan Day. If you know a Nathan out there, buy him a coffee or something today and uh, just let him know that, uh, hey, it's National Nathan Day. Let's uh, let's celebrate. Or any day that you want it to be. If there's a reason to get out of bed today and celebrate, just do it. Maybe it's just because you are who you are and today is going to be the best day that you've ever had in your entire life. And you just want to go out and put all the bad stuff behind you and just move forward and be positive. Much like this wonderful lady that is in the studio with me, who I think the world of. And she is one of those people that is so near and dear to my heart for all the wonderful things that she's done over the years. And, you know, she hasn't let her personal life really get in the way. Um, we were talking, Rhonda Wilkening is joining me in the studio. If you're watching us on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera, you can see Rhonda, and it is so good to have you here. I, well, I, thank you. I, I so appreciate you making uh, the trip. And um, uh, really, I mean, you know, when we were looking for the dongle for the phone, you made you made a special stop at Radio Shack in Eldon, and that really just touched my heart, and I thought that was so sweet of you to do that, and thank you so very much. I'm glad I get to actually thank you well, in person. Well, no problem, no problem. I, I'm, gl- I'm sorry the part didn't work, oh, but that's well, all they had. Oh, you know had. what? It's the thought that counts, and, and, <laughs> and it was so wonderful, and, and that you dropped it off and, and stopped in, and, and I'm sorry I wasn't here when you were uh, when you were here at the... Uh, at the facility, SRG Financial Advisors here at their world headquarters. But thank you so very much for uh, coming in and joining us today. We want to talk about something that is uh, going to be going on, that's been going on for a while. And, uh, and and what is that? You can tell us. Well, it's it's been going on as far as I've been in with Christmas on the Square in Camdenton. Uh-huh. And it's called the Can Do Challenge. Right. And that is where we collect um, food for the Lamb House Food Pantry in Camdenton. And that is uh, that is so great to be able to help for folks out and uh, and do what it is that uh, that we here in Camden County and throughout the Lake area love doing. And that's helping people out, man. I tell uh, you what, yeah. it's one of the great things about uh, doing what it is we do and how we do it. And so I just, uh, I think it's great that you're you're kind of spearheading this. You've always been involved in giving back to the community. And, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, we want to kind of focus on the can-do challenge and what this is all about. Yes. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to the food pantries, you have those people that, you know, go all the time. You have those that just need a little bit of help. Right. You know, it's not a handout, it's a hand up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the food pantries are there to help those people. And, um, so we do this every year. We collect food for, um, upwards of a month and, um, you keep track of it. When you take it to the lamb house, they keep track of it as to who is donating and uh, then at the end of the collection, then we choose the business, the group and organization, or the church that has collected the most. Right. And they each get a traveling trophy and a certificate. Nice. So, Very um, nice. 
the the uh, trophy has a canned good on it and everything like that, and they get to display it for the whole year until the next season when we do it again. That's a great way to uh, get folks motivated. Yes, it's amazing how trophies will 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 you know bring people's spirit out and, and and really get them involved in a in a particular cause yeah there was the year that we had um cub scouts in camdenton yeah. win it and all those little boys they were just so excited over being able to hold that trophy mm-hmm. <laughs> it it rates much higher than a grammy or an oscar <laughs> or a tony uh or some of these other awards that these uh, these folks get in hollywood because it's truly an effort that is put forth by groups and organizations to help out a community, and I think that uh, means definitely so much. I mean, we get each year varies as to how many we get, as to how much of a donation. Last year's we last year we racked up to upwards of ten thousand items. Wow. Yeah. And just think of all the people you're helping with that. Yeah. Well, the Lamb House helps between four hundred and fifty to five hundred families per month. And when they say per month, they only help them. Well, I don't want to say help them, but they're able to come and get what they need one time per month. Mm-hmm. So that's 500 families in the Camdenton area that are assisted each month. And I think they would probably get more than 10 cans of food. They would. Yeah. Absolutely. So do the And, and it, it can be a household of one. It could be a household of seven. Uh-huh. It could vary. Yeah. As, and then that depends on how much food they're going to get, depending on how many is in the household. Right. And um, Gary Mitchell is the uh, director there at the Lamb House, and he does an excellent job on getting people what they need. Gary's a good guy. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's uh, it's tough, especially with the economy the way it is, with inflation. I mean, people are having a hard enough time trying to put food on their own tables, much less supply food to uh, to places like the Lamb House and other, uh, you know, uh, there's so many food pantries around and there's so many groups and organizations that try to help out in some way, shape, or form, whether it's uh, with utilities or rent or any number of things, you know. Exactly. And it, it just goes to show you the resiliency of people in the Lake area that no matter what they're up against, they're still going to give it their all in order to make sure that uh, you know families have food yes Um, and other things usually throughout the year if there's some sort of food on sale or whatever i will buy an additional item just to put in my donation box Mm -hmm. and then of course before it expires i donate it all and you know it could be a box of stuffing it could be a can of green beans just buy one or two extra little things per week and get that ready for a donation. I think we all do that anyway. When you're out shopping, you know you're going to need something down the road, so you see it and you just buy it. Yeah. So it's easy to do if you want to help out uh, your local food pantry, and uh, that might be for the can-do challenge or any time of the year because obviously we're getting into winter and things are going to get extremely tight for people because, you know, gee whiz, I don't know what propane. I, I, I got all my propane early in the year before the price went through the roof uh, that's what i was told was going to happen so i went ahead and you know so you can only imagine what people are dealing with now oh yeah uh, prices continue to fluctuate they're up they're down they're up they're down you know gas prices and everything else and i always think of and and, and i i say this a lot because this 
kind of rings true with some people that I know uh, that uh, that seniors have such a tough decision or decisions to make every month, especially when they're on a fixed income. They do. My mom is the same way. Right. My dad passed away, so she has to decide, am I going to replace, like she called me the other day and says, my printer went out. Yeah. But I can't afford to get a new printer because I need to pay property taxes. Right. So the seniors out there, they they do pick and choose on what they need to pay. And if they need help with that food, then let's help the food pantries out so that they don't have that worry on their back. Right. Absolutely. So with the Can Do Challenge, it's basically collecting non-perishable food items. Correct. Uh, can they bring in anything else besides non-perishable food items? Or are you basically focusing on food? Um, we basically focus on the food. Right. Um, if they want to donate toilet paper, soap, anything like that, that would go towards the count just to, because if they have extras of that, then they provide it to the families. Right. But we really focus on the the non-perishable food. And that can be anything. That can be a can. That can be a box, as you mentioned, stuffing. It can be a package of ramen noodles. Man, I love ramen noodles. Yeah, it could be a can of Spam. I love Spam. box of cereal. I love cereal. I know. I mean, we all like our food. <laughs> I tell you what, as a bachelor, Spam and uh, and ramen noodles were a standard in my home. <laughs> and and they still are today. I mean, you can go to my house and, and find a can of Spam or two and, and maybe some ramen noodles in there. Old habits die hard, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> so uh, is there a date for all of this that they need to have um, all this together? The What we do is we set up a table, um, a collection table, uh-huh. on the day of Christmas on the Square, which is on Saturday, December 3rd this year. Okay. And you can bring your food there and donate it. It's not necessary. It's not mandatory. If you want to donate that day, Please do. Sure. Someone from the Lamb House will be there to collect it and take it back to the store. Um, so we usually run it the beginning of November until the day of Christmas on the Square. We may hold it open another week, depending on how donations are coming in. Sure, sure. And then once we have all that, we do our calculations and we give our winners a call. Very nice. And then somebody gets the trophy and they get to hold on to it for the entire year. They do. If people go to Save a Lot in Camdenton, uh-huh. he has his displayed. So he's usually the top business winner. And uh, we so appreciate him. He'll show up with a pickup truck full of cases of food. Makes sense. It's a grocery store. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. But when you're out, you know, uh, check the sale ads at the various stores and look for things that are on on sale and uh, stock up for yourselves, but stock up for those in need as well and help out uh, with the Can Do Challenge. You get the trophy, you get the bragging rights. It's uh, it's all a, a pretty darn good deal. Who came up with the concept or the idea of a trophy? I think that's such a great idea. Well, the trophy has been going on since I started with the Can Do Challenge. Uh-huh. And I guess I have been with the Can Do Challenge for 10 years. Wow. So, um, the trophy has always been there. We've had to redo it a few times we, because we haven't been able to get it back whenever it's time to give it up. <laughs> so they do need to know we will need that back. Right. You don't get to keep it forever. Um, but you do get a certificate with it. So uh, we, the, the trophy is the big thing. We do a, a photo op for it. and have to send somebody over. 
with Camden County Sheriff's Department to get the trophy back. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. You're going to have to give the trophy back. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't get quite that uh, involved. Yeah. But uh, the whole fact of the matter is it's uh, for a great cause. And the competitive spirit here at the lake is something I think that is very important as well because we see it on all different levels, whether it's kids in uh, high school or adults, uh, you know, that are competing for something, uh, you know, in a lodge or, or, or something like that, whatever the case. So, you know, let's uh, let's bring out the competitive spirit. Let's uh, get lots and lots of non-perishable food items, and uh, you can drop them off at Christmas on the Square on December the 3rd, or uh, do you folks come by and pick them up? Is uh, is, is no. there some place where they could deliver them? or uh, They deliver to the Lamb House. And the Lamb House will fill out a piece of paper saying how many they donated. Mm -hmm. They'll get a copy. Lamb House gets a copy, and we get a copy for the Chamber of Commerce so that they can also keep track of what's being collected. And then on the final day, there's people that are on the phone. Well, how much did so-and-so donate? (laughs) Okay, well, we've got to go get another case of whatever. (laughs) And and let's make it... uh, uh, let's make it uh, competitive here. Let's make it good. We want now, this trophy. And we also have people that give monetary donations. Sure, sure. And for every dollar, that counts as an item. Outstanding. So, But that dollar could buy, what, three packages of ramen or three cans of canned goods? Yeah. So three packages of ramen noodles for I don't, a dollar? I don't know. I don't I know how much ramen is. I haven't, I haven't uh, well, I normally just, I don't look at the price. I just see them and I buy them. So I always thought, you know, ramen noodles were like 10 for a buck, but I guess that's not the case anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy them. We won't get into that. But let's, let's, and, and, and is, if people have questions or they'd like to know a little bit more about it, is there a website? Is there a Facebook page? Is there a phone number? Um, there, on the Camdenton Chamber website, uh-huh. as you go towards the bottom of, of the homepage, right. there is a um, link that you can click on for the Can Do Challenge. Or they can give me a call mm-hmm. at 573 573- Two eight six seven nine four five. Two eight six seven nine four five. Correct. Correct. Very good. Well, we'll keep that number number handy if anybody would like it. Uh, I have it uh, available. You can call us anytime on the Key Radio Community Hotline at five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five if you need Rhonda's number. It is nine twenty four. I want to kind of get off the topic a little bit and talk about you. Uh oh. <laughs> You we don't have enough time. Well, <laughs> we, 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 I just I want to say how very honored I am to know someone like you because you have been involved in giving back to the community for so many years, ever since I've known you, and I think that's probably how I met you. You were involved with either fundraising, uh, you know, Camping County Child Advocacy. Uh, you've been uh, doing the Can Do Challenge uh, anytime there's a need. I mean, something as simple as finding a dongle for a radio guy so that he can use his his <laughs> phone to uh, take calls on the air. I mean, that's always been your your mo, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, where, where did this start? Where where did you kind of get that that uh, that drive to go well, out and, and give back? Was that something that you learned uh, as a child in your family? Or? I believe so, because yeah. my dad was the town's local plumber. Okay. And he was always giving. You know, if if at Christmas time, if there was a family who was down on their luck, and they had kids, and they couldn't um, afford a big Christmas. Right. You know, my dad was the guy who would go out get them a tree, 
get the gifts so that the family had Christmas. Right. And never ask for anything in return. Never said, hey, make sure your kids know I did that for you. Right. That wasn't important. That wasn't important. It was the kids' happiness and that the, the mom and the dad could provide something for their kids, even though they weren't able to provide. And so I've always been in the giving side of everything and the helping side. So in the community, I'm known as Helping Rhonda. Helping Rhonda. Yep. (laughs) There's a Beach Boys song that's close to that. I I think that's where that come about. (laughs) Well, let me, uh, did you have any brothers and sisters? I have an older brother and Uh a younger sister. And were they the same way that you are? Yes, because we had the same dad. Right. Well, I yeah. mean, it, it, certainly with that need to uh, uh, fill a void for a family that maybe is having a rough go of it for Christmas or... Yeah. Or, well, or, my sister is an RN for the county health department. Right. So she's always been into buying books for the kids to have books in the community. Wow. Or she will make um, those tie blankets and they'll donate those to Cardinal Glennon Hospital. So she's into the giving as much. Your your health has come into question in the last couple of years. How yes. are you doing health-wise? Um, I have kicked the walker and the cane to the curb. Outstanding. I'm so glad to hear it. You should have seen her in here, folks. We we raced back to the studio, and she beat me by... <laughs> um, but it was nice to see you up and moving again. It. It was a, it's been a rough two and a half years yeah. and, um, having to be in a wheelchair where you can put no pressure on your foot, right. um, the surgeries I've, I've had, um, if it wasn't for my daughter, Christine, I don't know where I'd be today. Right. But, um, sounds like she's, uh, it's, it's coming down, went from dad to daughter True. to your daughter. True. And so he'd be very proud of her, I'm sure, as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. So, I mean, I'm I'm coming back, folks. It's been two and a half years. I'm not fully, completely stable right. as of yet, but um, I'm there. I feel I'm, like and I'm be, always there in the background for anybody, for anything. I feel like we should be playing Rocky music. <laughs> you know? See, or, or, or there's Survivor song. See, see, I the Tiger. Yeah. See Rhonda running down Highway 54 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's coming with time. You are someone in the community, again, who does so much and doesn't ask for anything in return, doesn't even ask for, uh, you know, the old chuck on the shoulder or a pat on the back. And like I said, it is such an honor to know you. And well, it, you. and I, I, I feel so very blessed to have been able to uh, bring you in and, and talk to you today or any time that you've got anything going on. And please know that as long as I'm around doing what I'm doing, you always have a, a seat at the table. And any time you want to, uh, maybe there's just someday you want to come in and, and uh, tell everybody what's on your mind. I don't hey, care. Hey, hey, keep that in care. mind. I don't care. Uh, mm. You are uh, such a huge asset to this community and such a gem. You are so wonderful. And um, I thank you so much. Now, that for... is on the outside. <laughs> well, you know what? We all have our good days and bad days, right? Yeah, that is true. But I think overall, anyone who has met you understands and realizes that uh, uh, 
you, you just have a heart of gold, and uh, we're so very fortunate to have you in this community doing what you do. So thank you so well, thank very you. much. Thank you. It is 9.30. Rhonda Wilkening, the Can Do Challenge. Bring those cans up to Christmas on the Square on December the 3rd uh, or drop them off at the Lamb House. And if you need more information, you can call Rhonda directly, 573-286-7945. Or you can check out the uh, Camdenton Chambers website. There's information there for you as well. And uh, thank you so much for uh, for making our day and stopping by to see us. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime at all. Anytime. We're going to step aside. Harrison Fry, the city administrator for the city of Lake Ozark, is scheduled to call us at about uh, 9.40 this morning. We'll find out what's going on in the city of Lake Ozark and uh, do a little bit more digging here on The Daily Show. Right now, let's get to uh, some information at the bottom of the hour. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider with Lake TV. And thank you for choosing Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 22nd. A Lynn Creek man was seriously injured in a crash on Lakota Drive. 48-year-old John Blackburn was driving a four-wheeler up a hill when the vehicle overturned backwards and landed on Blackburn. Blackburn sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A Versailles woman was injured in a crash on Route BB. 61-year-old Cheryl McGinnis Kaufman was driving when the vehicle left the roadway, crossed over Crystal Road, and then struck a tree. McGinnis Kaufman sustained moderate injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. The Lake of the Ozark Shootout has donated a whopping $625,000 to Lake Area Charities, blowing last year's donation out of the water by a difference of nearly $200,000. The 34th Annual Lake of the Ozark Shootout is the largest unsanctioned boat race in the United States, and the money raised by the race goes back to charity. This year, the money was donated to 40 local charities, including police and fire departments. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. It's Thanksgiving at Key Gathering Place, and you're invited. Serving tables, Jacob and Carly Lamb are preparing a turkey and ham and serving a free traditional Thanksgiving dinner from noon to 6 p.m. on Thursday, November 24th. Volunteers are bringing sides and desserts, and you can help by calling Jacob at 573-578-578. 6151 or going to the Serving Table Camdenton on Facebook. Please come regardless. There will be plenty to go around. 1163 South Business Route 5, Camdenton. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thanksgiving Tuesday. Hockey play last night. Blues get another win. They're 10-8-0 on the season. They have won seven in a row. They beat the Ducks for the second straight night. And the Blues will take today off. They will be on the road to play Buffalo tomorrow. NFL week came to an end last night with the Niners beating the Cardinals. It was a busy NFL weekend. The Eagles rallied in the fourth to beat the Colts. 
Colts. They're 9-1, and one, best record in the league right now. Cowboys crush the Vikings. Minnesota joining Kansas City with an 8-2 and two record. The Cowboys, Giants, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Tennessee all 7-3. and three. three games on Thanksgiving, of course. Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, and the Vikings. Of course, Chiefs coming off that big win on the road over the Chargers Sunday night. They're up to a big three-game division lead now. They will be at home to play the Rams on Sunday afternoon. As for college football, those college football playoffs not that far off. The uh, college football playoff rankings, Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TCU at number 4. They're all 11-0. Ohio State and Michigan play each other this week. That ought to be a lot of fun. High school basketball is coming up. Lake TV will bring you high school basketball teams, local teams, great games. First game on Lake TV is Thursday, December 15th. For sales, home to Smith Cotton. Monday, December 19th, it'll be over. Sage at Camdenton, and you can watch that, of course, on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Consider then becoming a true follower. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you heartwarming stories and good news to help you through your day, regardless of how bizarre those days are. Here's today's story. There are children out there that are homeless, that have life-threatening medical conditions. It's hard to fathom, but sadly, it exists. And now, believed to be the first homeless shelter built inside a corporate building in the U.S., the nonprofit's Popsicle Place Shelter Program helps homeless children with life-threatening health conditions. Where is it? Inside Amazon's Seattle campus, Connie Wade was dealing with situations that resulted in her being homeless, and she realized she needed critical care for her daughter. She and her 12-year-old daughter, Emily Ann, couldn't camp in a car or on the streets because they needed to plug in a machine that helps Emily Ann breathe easier. She has Down syndrome, and her breathing is interrupted every six minutes without a CPAP device. An open-space homeless shelter promised them a spot by an electrical outlet, but Connie knew they'd be vulnerable. Then they got an offer from Mary's Place, a family homeless shelter inside a gleaming new building on Amazon Seattle campus. The nonprofit's Popsicle Place Shelter Program helps homeless children with life-threatening health conditions. Without Popsicle Place, These kids would die, said Marty Hartman, executive director of Mary's Place. Amazon's state-of-the-art, eight-story building allowed the unique program to triple its capacity. 
The $100 million commitment to the shelter is the tech giant's single largest philanthropic contribution to its hometown. John Schottler, Amazon's real estate chief who spearheaded the partnership with Mary's Place, said the company isn't totally opposed to taxes and called its new shelter an initial step. Amazon asked the nonprofit to help design the building because it has the space permanently. Every inch was designed for the families they're going to serve. 175 square foot rooms with bunk beds, cafeteria, outdoor patio, kids' playroom, and a laundry room. Two floors are reserved for families dealing with debilitating health issues, many of them with compromised immune systems from chronic illnesses or chemotherapy. Though bathrooms are shared, families have private sinks for medical needs. Connie is grateful for the Amazon facility, saying it feels almost like a luxurious hotel instead of a homeless shelter. Her daughter loves the many kid-friendly, fort-like spaces built into the walls of the shelter. She won't remember being homeless, Connie said, her voice cracking, but I know she'll remember this place. That is a happy headline. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. This is your chance to get involved in community radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, The Key. 939, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Now 46 degrees in Osage Beach, 45 in Camdenton, 61 the expected high today with plenty of sunshine, clear and 36 tonight. Partly cloudy and 61 tomorrow, some rain possible on Thanksgiving Day with a high of 52 morning showers and 52 on Friday. 50 the expected high on Saturday with some rain in the forecast and a good chance for that. Now getting a little closer to 90%. And then some clouds and 50 on Sunday. So there you go if you have uh, traveling to do. That is uh, just exactly what you can expect. Of course, it is Missouri that we're talking about. And in Missouri, of course, the weather does change on occasion, right? But I don't think it's going to change today. We're uh, all anticipating. I'm anticipating uh, the warmer weather. I've got the shorts and, of course, the short sleeve shirt ready to go outside and uh, dig a hole, fill it in, and then dig it again. 657.1 to the current lake level at Bagnell Dam. River level at 551.69, surface water temp at 54 degrees. Hope you're having a good day and joining us on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera, or maybe you're checking us out on 89.3, keyradio.live. And also, don't forget our free apps for your iPhones and Androids. wanted to uh, make mention of a free Thanksgiving dinner. Actually, there are several uh, Thanksgiving dinners that are going on for free on Thanksgiving Day, one of which is at uh, St. Anthony Catholic Church from 1130 until 1:30 on Thanksgiving Day. It's a day of caring, a day of sharing, and you can come out and eat on us, it says, uh, in the church hall at uh, 1874 North Business Route 5 in Camdenton. And uh, they'll have uh, the whole meal, everything that you need. And they'll also have uh, delivery for those of you who are homebound and can't get out. 573-480-6886 is the number to call for home delivery. Talk to Tracy at 573-480-6886 and enjoy it. I hope to be there uh, with Delta and uh, a cast of uh, volunteers helping out on the day. And uh, we would love to see you there. So come by, and uh, if you see me, definitely stop and say hello. 941, and it is time to check in with the city administrator 
from the city of Lake Ozark. And that is another, none other than Harrison Fry, who is joining us this morning. Harrison, good morning to you, sir. It's great to have you on the program. What's up? Oh, just, just living the dream, KB. How have you been? I've been doing very, very well, and it is it is about darn time that you are the city administrator of the city of Lake Ozark, and congratulations on the position. I know that uh, that's something that uh, you've probably been wanting to do for quite some time, and now you have the opportunity to slide right in there and uh, make great things happen for the city. So congratulations on uh, the title. It's uh, well-deserved. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, things that are happening in the city of Lake Ozark. That's why we brought you on this morning. Sure. I'm happy to fill in anything that I can. It, it's a really exciting time to be uh, moving into the role uh, from a couple doors down in, in City Hall and to be able to tackle some new projects for the board and for the community. And, and I think we could not be in a, a better spot uh, than we are right now for some really exciting things on the horizon. Let's talk, uh, of course, about uh, businesses in uh, the city of Lake Ozark. There's always a buzz. There's always excitement when uh, businesses may be planning to open their doors. If you know about anything, I think there's maybe one we can talk about in particular. But uh, uh, overall, uh, how are things shaping up business-wise for the for the city? Uh, what's what is on the horizon, or what uh, has happened here recently that people need to know about? I think the big exciting announcement uh, that folks have been looking forward to for the last couple of years is that Aldi over here in Eagles Landing, uh, just on Osage Beach Parkway, is is finally open um, after a lot of anticipation. and They've had a good first couple of weeks. I know everybody has really shown up to uh, appreciate them being here in Lake Ozark. The other uh, big announcement that, that's forthcoming is uh, all the approvals have been given for uh, Big O Tires location on Bagnell Lynn Boulevard that uh, hopefully should be started construction next year, uh, ready to open up. That was something that, uh, you know, through the late summer, early fall, we were going through their permitting and approval process, and, and that's another one we're, we're super excited for. Other than that, uh, you know, we continue to see uh, good local businesses opening up, moving around town, some moving into town. Uh, some turning over, unfortunately, you know, the lake is a tough market to break it in, Sure, but, uh, we're, we're continuing to see, uh, new, new businesses or, or sustaining businesses on the strip and through the rest of town as well. Well, I know Aldi's is, is, is a big one. And I know that there was a lot of anticipation surrounding it when uh, people found out, uh, obviously they were coming and uh, watching the facility go up. And then, uh, I drove by there one of the nights when they were uh, stocking the store and cleaning the floor and getting everything ready to go to open up. And uh, they had their soft opening. And then of course they had the uh, grand opening and a lot of people are excited about that. Another great facility for folks to do their grocery shopping and, uh, you know, some competitive prices and things along those lines. So it does uh, make a difference for people in and around the lake area. And I would imagine uh, there's a lot of people that will travel to the facility there. You mentioned uh, Big O Tire coming to uh, Lake Ozark. That's going to be huge as well. And uh, as we as we get ready to kind of wrap up this season, uh, are there things that people in the city of Lake Ozark need to keep in mind? I don't know if there's uh, things that they need to uh, be considering as uh, they get ready to wrap up the uh, uh, the year that is 2022 and begin 2023? As, as it relates to city business, uh, I think one of the most important things that we're tackling right now is that uh, on the December 7th uh, Planning and Zoning Commission meeting, that will be held 5 o'clock here at uh, City Hall in Lake Ozark, 
they will be giving a final review of the comprehensive plan that we've been working towards for the last uh, two years, really, to uh, recommend to the Board of Aldermen either for adoption or for revision. And that document, uh, whenever it is finally approved, is what determines uh, what the goals are for the next three, five, ten years for the community and, right. and the types of things people should look forward to. So folks have been involved in that process from day one, and it's really exciting to see it uh, come together and mature in this direction. Well, I think uh, any time that you're uh, looking at something like that, a lot of people want to know uh, what the future holds, and uh, certainly this is a great opportunity. Anything in particular that really kind of stands out with that document that people need to be aware of? I, I don't know that there's anything that would surprise people uh, who live here because, again, uh, most of what's included within it is direct feedback from the citizens. So right. you're going to see things like uh, discussion on need for uh, workforce-based housing. Uh, you're going to see discussion on revitalizing the Bagnell Strip, which is a hot topic for a lot of people. Uh, the desire to maintain and maybe expand some of our infrastructure, water, sewer, roads, which we have ongoing conversations about. Mm -hmm. That's all highlighted in there. And those three topics probably make up 80% of the phone calls I've taken here at City Hall. So that's all addressed in the plan. Interesting point. As we uh, get ready for, uh, I guess they're going to have Christmas, uh, the big Christmas parade on the Strip coming up in, uh, what, December. Is uh, Do you have a date on that? It'll be December 10th. The Bagel Lamp Strip Association is having their Lake of the Ozarks Christmas Parade. And uh, I believe their theme this year is uh, Christmas Through the Years or Christmas Through the Ages. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful family-friendly event. Kids have the chance to meet Santa. Um, Obviously, businesses, some of your community organizations can participate in the parade. And that's one that uh, the whole community really comes out for. Now, you talked about revitalization of the Bagnell Dam Strip, and uh, you always get a lot of ideas from people, I'm sure. Uh, anything in particular that uh, the city is uh, is looking at in working with maybe the Bagnell Dam Strip Association or uh, interested citizens or business owners on the Strip that you might be uh, potentially moving toward for 2023? Yeah, I, I will say that we have a very limited control over what happens on the business side uh, of the town. Right. You know, we can only provide an environment for good things to happen. Right. So uh, as it relates to the strip, you know, we're doing an assessment on, on the, the roadway, water, sewer, et cetera, uh, some stormwater improvements down there. I don't know if you've ever been down there after a rainstorm, but yes. there are some areas that look like uh, uh, bigger than the lake, maybe even, uh, just huddled <laughs> up in the road. Right. Uh, we're working to, to clean up the, the physical appearance of the strip. We've changed the way we approach uh, trash management down there. And, uh, and I know that there are a few recycling companies that are taking out contracts with some of those businesses to really reduce the, uh, I guess you'd say, the, the environmental impact on what they do, which is a huge step forward. It's not anything that we've done, but it's mm-hmm. something we're certainly supportive of, uh, is just whatever we can do to keep the strip looking clean, looking welcoming, and to be a place that people want to continue to come to. Yeah. Uh, if there's a business owner in town, property owner, anybody that's down there or, or anywhere else, uh, if they've got something on the table they'd like to discuss, we are always open to have that conversation with them. 
Well, obviously, the, the the strip is a constant source of uh, of income. It is a uh, an area that uh, a lot of people like to visit if they're new to the lake. Certainly, if they've been to the lake over the years, they like to maybe revisit it and uh, and talk about maybe some childhood memories growing up if they're uh, visiting, if they're uh, residents, whatever the case. And so, the importance of of keeping it. Uh, uh, family friendly. I know that's a big part of what a lot of people uh, talk about. I've discussed that constantly with uh, with people over the years, and certainly uh, just the overall look. You know, making sure it's got the spit and polish to uh, uh, continue to attract people uh, to the Bagnell Dam Strip uh, for you know any number of purposes. If they'd like to uh, shop, if they'd like to just uh, take in some of the sites, if they would like to uh, stop in some of the restaurants that are available down there, and uh, certainly a lot of people. Have really uh, made it a cause, uh, or uh, you know, their their drive is to make sure that they have uh, a good-looking business, and that businesses in the area uh, try to kind of do the same thing. You, you touched on workforce housing, and when we get into workforce housing, we also talk about things like affordable housing. Uh, where is the city at? Uh, is there anything else that uh, uh, maybe has been presented to the city at this particular point? Any projects, anything uh, that we need to know about in terms of uh, the workforce housing and, and affordable housing? And when you get into that whole conversation, everybody seems, Harrison, like they have their own definition of affordable housing. And what uh, one person considers affordable may not be considered affordable by someone else. But are there any developers that have come to the city with any ideas? Ideas or any plans for uh, for putting something in, or maybe multiple facilities, so that uh, people that live and work here uh, can uh, can have a, a, a as we say an affordable uh, place to live, uh, considering what your definition of affordable may be. Certainly. So the the lake, uh, and and this is probably no secret, is a difficult place to build anything affordably because we're. Um, you know, West Tennessee, where I come from, you can pretty well just break ground. you got soft dirt. You can dig, build however you need to. It's relatively flat. Here, you, you know, you dig uh, too deep, and you get pretty solid rock that can be difficult to build with. Nothing is really flat. So there's a lot of site development costs that have to be borne here that you would not normally, you know, see in, in a lot of markets. That makes it very difficult to build uh, things at an affordable, um, either as a long-term rental or as a point-of-sale um, for, for the working class we have here at the lake. So what you see is that a lot of the, those projects have to be built at scale, apartments, townhomes, uh, things like that, smaller footprint subdivisions. Uh, we're trying to take steps to welcome that type of development within the city uh, so that it can be easier to build uh, for the workforce. I know earlier this year, our regional economic development group, LORDEC, had an updated version of the housing study that talked about current workforce uh, needs within the lake versus projected future workforce needs for the lake. And this is Miller, Camden, Morgan counties. And the the shortage of units for, for the, the wages that are present in the lake area uh, and places to live is, is astounding. So right. whatever we can do to close that gap, uh, and again, whether that's City of Lake Ozark, a community organization, a builder, I think it has to be a team effort because it, it's not something that any one of us on our own can, can tackle. You talk about the uh, some of the issues when it comes to building, and uh, you know when you hit that rock 
okay, now what do I do? But uh, is the city going out and actually uh, uh, actively seeking uh, the type of housing that could be considered affordable housing? Uh, do you wait for the developers to come to you? Uh, you know, you, you, you want to be able to offer uh, as much as possible for the city of Lake Ozark. And I know there are uh, some projects and some things that are going on in the Lake area in general, but people aren't going to live right on top of where they work. So, you know, they're going to get out and, and, and look for uh, what they can afford. How does the city uh, see itself uh, looking into the future as far as affordable housing? Do you, uh, do you, do you go out and beat the bushes a little bit and uh, and see who uh, who you can find and, and and maybe enter into some talks or does it more or less uh, require the developer to come to the city and say hey listen I've I've got an idea for a development that I think might work here. I, I think uh, the the easy answer is it's a mix of both, right? You know, you can chase people and they'll never have the serious conversation with you. And then sometimes people just walk in the door to have the conversation and they've got the capacity to do it. Um, I don't, I don't remember if it was at the end of the year last year or the beginning of the year this year, but it was around that, uh, turn. Uh, we published a document asking for people, uh, interested in commercial development, entertainment development, uh, and, and workforce housing development. If they have a project, if they have capacity, maybe they are a local landowner who, who they themselves, doesn't have the ability to take on these projects, but is looking for a connection to try to pair those groups together. And we got a pretty good response out of that. Um, again, a lot of these projects fall short uh, from my experience when it comes to you might have a developer who has the proven capacity to be able to do workforce housing, affordable housing, um, housing that can make an impact. But for them to be able to do the, like we talked about earlier, to acquire land here, to be able to develop the land here, etc., the cost goes up dramatically. Mm-hmm. So unless there is uh, someone who would like to subsidize a portion of that project to assist them, it, it really, just like anything else, it has to be a money-making effort or at least a break-even effort. Sure. And, uh, you know, if you look at some of those projects that they could build, uh, and by the time they calculate, you know, dollars per square footage, the rental costs would be so high for a product, maybe lower than it's expected, that they would not be able to meet their actual clientele right. or their preferred audience. So there's a few items like that that um, if, if there's any way that we can assist, whether it's through grants, um, state or federal tax programs, or, again, you know, we can occasionally cut people to break on building permit things, utility connections, small things that do add up. Uh, but I think the best thing we can do for those developers is help them make the connections to right. make their product a reality. Well, certainly, last but not least, uh, how about an update on uh, a future casino in the city of Lake Ozark? Is there anything you can tell us about that this morning? Yeah, so, uh, and, and I would encourage anybody that's interested in that subject to go to the uh, Osage Nations, like the Ozarks Casino website. Uh, they have got a uh, timeline and a uh, uh, I guess you'd say most recent news section on the website, and that's Osage Casino, Osage Casinos, Lake Ozarks.com. Um, the updates we've seen are that they're still going through their federal process to get the land established in trust, uh, which is consistent with their project timeline online. But it, while they have not been able to make progress in the realm of breaking ground, putting up buildings, you know, that kind of thing, they have shown a commitment to the community by making donations to a number yes. of local organizations, 
one of which was our police department. So I think that's their intent to show that un- until they're able to be a physical part of the community, they're a vocal supporter of the community in that way. Well, certainly, uh, I think a lot of people are anticipating uh, the arrival of this casino and how it is going to affect the area in general. Uh, has there been a lot of negative feedback from residents in the area about a casino, or, or what is is the vibe you're getting as far as the city is concerned? I, I don't know. that. And their original announcement came about a year ago. I think it was late October, early November of 2021. At City Hall, we have not really fielded a lot of uh, calls for, against, in between on the project. Um, some people were just asking for, you know, where do I find more information? We're able to refer them somewhere else. But I think a lot of the conversations around this uh, have been occurring, you know, online, around a dinner table, mm-hmm. things like that, and have really not made their way to City Hall yet. Uh, I'm sure there's folks on both sides of the issue. Right. So I, I can't really speak to that. And what's the uh, what's the website again, Harrison? So they have a, a project update website at Osage Casinos Lake Ozarks dot com. Lake Ozarks, uh, and again they've got a Lake Ozarks, so pluralized, okay. and uh, they've got a frequently asked questions page. Some uh, you know contact us, um, etc. It, it's a lot of it's a really good resource for people that want to know more about the nation, the project they're trying to take on, and and what they hope to bring to the community. Well, it has certainly been good chatting with you uh, this morning, the city administrator of the city of Lake Ozark. Do you get a better parking spot now? (laughs) It's pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Whatever time you show up is where you park. That's right. You get as close to the door, as far from the door as you want. That's right. Well, Harrison, again, congratulations, and uh, thank you so much for uh, being a willing participant this morning. We appreciate the input, and uh, we'll definitely be getting back to you in the future to find out more about what's happening in the city of Lake Ozark. And if you have something going on, sir, uh, get a hold of me, and we'll uh, get you in here ASAP. All right. Looking forward to being back with you soon. Thank you for the invite. Harrison Fry, the city administrator from the city of Lake Ozark. And again, that website, OsageCasinosLakeOzarks.com is uh, is where you can find information on how things are going, how they are uh, moving forward with that uh, particular establishment. And again, a lot of folks, I'm sure, uh, very interested in finding out more. Hey, folks, it's been a pleasure today. Thanks so much for joining us on Key Radio. Have yourself a great day. On the program tomorrow, we'll talk it over with the next presiding commissioner of Camden County, Ike Skelton. Also, Professor Jim Paisley in the studio with us. And, of course, we're getting up on Thanksgiving. We're going to have a uh, an old-time radio show Thanksgiving special. 89.3 KEYK.